2: House, in the of we're a back, and we're really glad you could join us for our second hour. We are here with one of our favorite guests, uh, who is an expert uh in credit, uh, Dan Sater. He will tell us the new rules about mortgages and rents affecting your credit rating, and you know that Dan's nationally he's a nationally recognized credit expert and credit coach for the credit repair industry. Plus, he was also a mortgage loan originator for 17 years, and as I've told you all, credit is key, and as we'll talk with Dan and East about it, uh, you know, getting a mortgage now, credit's even tougher than it was because they're making sure that, you know, people can lose jobs. So I'm so glad that you're here, and good to talk to you, Dan. How are things going? I mean, how are
3: you surviving all of this? <laughs> oh, it's great to be here, Dottie, with you. Uh, yeah, I'm surviving. Uh, actually, things have been very, very busy uh, because people have a lot of time and want to get their credit uh, fixed so they can buy a house or the new car or anything else. And credit's so important that, you know, it really pays to pay attention to what's going on uh, in the uh, credit world.
2: Right. And as we've said, you know, with. Mortgages, I mean, yes, they're at record low historical rates. However, Ace said that we were going to talk about that with, you know, with with Dan and yourself. I mean, the credit's gotten tougher, has it not? I mean, they're checking every little thing. So you want to, before you apply for a mortgage, have your credit. You can call Dan, and Dan will check your credit. And sometimes it could be just a mistake. Or other times there are things that you can do, and that's what Dan does. And I would suggest anybody, everybody, before they actually apply for a mortgage to give Dan, a call Dan. And I, you want to just give us some information, and then I'd love to talk to you about uh, the new rules about mortgage and rents and how that's going to affect your credit rating. But just give us that information. Again, we're going to post it on our Facebook page. Uh, but just for those who are listening and you want to jot it down, you want to give us a quick number?
3: Yes, my uh, phone number is uh, 631-465-9565. Right.
2: And if and you go to our Facebook page or you uh, you get a hold of us and you leave and you have a question for Dan, we'll make sure that he gets them. So, Dan, tell us now, what are, what are the new rules about mortgages and rents and how will they affect your credit rating since people are – Obviously, we talked in the beginning of the show, people have not had to pay their rent, uh, uh, you know, so they've had, like, a, a stay. Now, if you uh, don't pay your rent, what you know, and you eventually pay it, how does that affect your credit?
3: Well, basically, when they were setting a lot of this up, and it was more like the blind leading the blind, <laughs> basically, because sure. nobody knew how, how they should really report things or not report things. And they got to the point that if they suspended the mortgages or suspended the rent, um, nothing would be reported as negative on the credit report uh, unless you had uh, previously leading up to this pandemic uh, had negative information. You know, so if you were 30 or 60 days late, that would continue being reported. So um, you didn't get a get-out-of-jail-free card if you were already um, in trouble with with the uh, payments, but as long as you met your obligations and the agreements and everything else uh, and went by the rules, um, you know that would be fine. The only problem is what happens when that comes off, and now do you have to make it up all at once, or is it going to be extended? And I don't think anybody really knows because they haven't given any uh, direction on how this is going to. Uh, affect people, uh, but, you know, so people words, have to be prepared.
2: No one has really come up with, gee, if you haven't paid your rent for three months, you're going to have to pay it back within a year or whatever. There, Nobody really knows exactly.
3: No, absolutely not. And the thing is, you know, is it going to be due all at once? And, you know, if you could have had the money during the uh, pandemic, you would have paid it each month. So, you know, it's going to be a burden, and there's going to be some problems uh, that are going to happen out there. But as of yet. You know,
2: we were talking before on the show, and we were saying, um, you know, Stephen and Ace and myself were saying, okay, so they've helped people out. But now what happens to the landlords? I mean, because by the time they figure it out, for example, if they decide okay, you didn't pay for three or four months or six months, whatever, and we want it all back in full within 90 days, many people are not going to be able to do that and will continue not paying their rent. I mean, how does this work out for land? I mean, the whole thing seems like a mess. And I sometimes wonder, I really do wonder, what are these people? I mean, I understand, and I don't fault people because I say, look, this pandemic just came and people scrambled to do what they thought was best and really didn't have time to think things through. But some of this seems to be common sense that you have to figure out, at least tell people now, if you didn't do it in the beginning, at least now come up with saying, listen, okay, you know, now we're telling you this so that people have an idea, because it's really unfair to people that, uh, it's really unfair to everyone to not know. how you're paying this back, or when it's going to be due. You're
3: absolutely he... r- right, Dottie. Right from the beginning, they should have had a plan for what happens afterwards. Um, you know, it's like with, with evictions. Now, if you can't come up with the money, are you going to be evicted? And now you're put into a worse situation that was only pushed off for, for a few months, you know. Um, it, it It's crazy. They should have made... A system where if they're going to suspend payments, they should have had a plan for this is how it's going to be paid back after the pandemic. But they didn't.
2: No, I I don't. Again, I don't want to be critical because I believe that everybody tried to do whatever they thought was the best thing quickly without a whole lot of notice. And so when you don't have time to think things through, obviously things like this happen. But I have to say, as being in a business and having my own business for a lot of years, I really can't believe that people could be that naive to think that they could make all these changes and not have any remedies of how you pay it back or not worry about how the landlords get, how they pay their bills. I just, I'm not sure. I think that if you look at what's going on across the country, you say, Who do we have as elected officials? What qualifications do they have? In other words, when you run for office, do you have to have any knowledge of anything? I'm not, I just, the whole thing baffles me. And I'm not being, I, I don't mean to criticize people because I think everyone was trying to do the right thing. But now that this, and I think we all thought that it wasn't going to last as long as it's lasting. But now that it's lasting, as long as it's lasting, and we think it's going to be here for a while. Don't you think that they should come up with some things? Ace, what about the banks? What are they doing with what is their plans with foreclosures? Even though I know New York it takes years to foreclose, but not in all states. What what are some of the things that their their thoughts are on
4: that? I mean right now most banks are working with folks that have been furloughed, things of that nature. They've been extending the loans so and Right now, the default rate, it's less than 1%, right, Dottie? So it's the best that we've ever seen because credit is still very stringent in terms of credit scores, which Dan can tell you, down payments that folks need to put down. So the housing market is strong when it comes to the foreclosure and, and default rate. But, you know, again, just like what you said, Dottie, in New York, it takes years. But I think we're not going to see... Similar trends that we saw in 2008, 2009, where we saw a whole bunch of foreclosures. Obviously, this pandemic has put folks in, you know, sort of in, in not in, in bad situations, but a lot of the folks that took on the, which didn't really need it, Dottie. So I think a lot of our listeners need to understand that although the media may portray a very drastic sort of figure and number, um, the reality is that most folks are okay that actually own homes, and a lot of folks have seen appreciation values, you know, really risen um, within the last couple of years, right? So, I, I think the housing market is strong. Um, I don't really see too much foreclosures happening in the next couple of years, although there well, will be some... to your come.
2: point, Ace, I think the big difference, and you make a very good point that people should know, is that in the 2007-2008 crisis, people were getting mortgages like no money down or stated income where you just call them up and you say I make a million dollars and as long as your credit was okay they gave you a mortgage for more than you could ever afford to pay and so they've required larger down payments and when people put more down they have a lot more to lose and they're not likely to foreclose if you put no money down you really have nothing to lose but bad credit um so, so I think, to your point, I think that you won't see the same amount of foreclosures as we did in 2007 and 2008. But to Dan's point about, first of all, let let me ask both of you, does it go on your credit? I mean, e- even if you eventually pay it back, however, you, however they decide you have to pay it back, um, does it go on your credit that you didn't pay mortgages, uh, even though it was allowable?
3: Well, this is unusual, uh, this time that we're in. So I would assume that most banks would work out a system that uh, make an arrangement, just like a lot of companies made arrangements with people in the beginning of this pandemic, that if you meet the payments or meet the added payments to make up the, uh, the loss for the time that they didn't make the payments, that they're going to report it neutrally. In other words, it's not going to damage the credit. Uh, but if you don't meet, you know, the, your part of the agreement, yeah, that, that will damage your credit.
2: So would your advice be, if you don't need it, don't take it?
3: Well, I mean, yeah, I, I would say that, um, uh, you know, the, the other thing that's going on now is they came up with this a uh, resilience score. And um, it goes from, I think, 1 to uh, 99. And they're looking at how people react during times of financial stress. And I'm sure that that's going to be incorporated at some point into the regular credit scoring models. Um, In addition to somebody having a decent score, the question is, how do they handle The time during the pandemic, did they defer their payments? Did they make their payments even though they could have deferred them? And they're watching all these things uh, as they're going through this. So that's going to become a factor because a lot of uh, companies are watching this very carefully and want to see how do we predict which one of our clients that we trust based on their score may end up defaulting anyway because they're living from paycheck to paycheck. They don't have cash reserves. And now it's being exposed because of how they handle their payments during the pandemic. So from my point of view, anybody that kept making payments or making larger payments during the pandemic uh, is going to be judged a lot uh, better than, you know, all other things being equal uh, than somebody else who – you know, deferred everything and and, and tried to uh, uh, save as much money in the beginning as possible, even if they had the money to pay.
2: Right. So uh, if you, let's say you took advantage of some uh, some time and you didn't pay, but now you have the money to pay. Let's say that, you know, you, your your job was closed down because we were virtually on lockdown. Now you're back working. Would you suggest that someone starts paying it back, whether it's a mortgage ace or whether it's a rent? If you if you maybe are back working and you can start to pay some of it back, or you just wait to see what their answer is.
4: No, I would not wait. I would be proactive, and if you can pay, just pay. And um, to to Dan's point, you know, th- th- this is where the banks are going to look at the consumer's behavior and see their ability to repay. So the the moment you can pay pay back your mortgage or get caught up please do so because that's going to really affect your ability to get a mortgage down the line as well Right as they underwrite you and, and look at your capability uh, for, for, for future reference as well.
2: So, Okay. Um, Dan, I have some questions for you that came across. One is, um, I have one late mortgage payment from eight years ago, and I just recently applied for a new mortgage and this came up. So what is the best way to remove it from my credit history?
3: Well, that's kind of a trick question because you can't have a late payment from eight years ago reporting on your credit report. Oh, you can't. It has to drop off after seven years. So that's something that's pretty easy disputed with the credit bureaus and directly with the lender to demand that they delete that because it's beyond the seven-year reporting period
2: all right so let's say so in other words if it if it's after seven years then it's gone but let's just say it's not seven years let's say it's five years and you want to apply you're applying for another mortgage and it comes up what's what What's the best way to try to help remove it from your credit
3: oh my anyway. answer is do nothing you're talking about two three points off your credit score after about six years it's not affecting your credit that much at all and most companies really are more concerned about what you did or what negative happened, events happened in the last two years rather than something that happened six years ago. And a late payment is such a minor thing in, in that line of thinking that's so, that old that nobody's worried about it or concerned about it.
2: Okay, I have a bunch of questions. One, another one, I graduated from college two years ago, and have both subsidized and unsubsidized student loans. From a credit perspective, is one better than the other? And if so, should I try to pay one off over the other? I want to buy a home in the next two years.
3: Okay, you're talking about the difference between a government-backed student loan and a private student loan. And basically they're going to be reporting the same way, and missing payments are going to be scored basically the same way. Um, If you default it on a private student loan, you treat it like any other uh, credit account that may have gone negative or been charged off, and you can dispute that. That has a seven-year statute of limitation. The uh, the government-backed student loans um, comes under a totally different uh, set of rules because for the government, there are, there are no rules. Uh, they don't have really technically a statute of limitations. Um, they can seize uh, your bank account, your refund checks very quickly, uh, where the private one would have to go to court and get a judgment. So um, the private loan is pro- and probably has a higher interest rate, and that's probably the area that if you're going to pay off faster than uh, the schedule, I would pay down the private student loan before I pay down the government back loan.
2: And I'm not sure about this answer. I was wondering, can you renegotiate? Like, uh, does anyone know? if you, Like, if you have a student loan, can you kind of make a deal and try to say, look, I owe this amount maybe, but I can uh, – can you try to negotiate a deal? Does
3: well, it, it's not a question of, of negotiating. But what you can do is get in touch with the servicer, and say, look, if I'm going through a hardship or my income has been decreased, and I'd like to get into an income-driven repayment plan. And I've seen people in an income-driven repayment plan uh, pay as low as five dollars a month, and then after, and if their low income stays through the because it's reevaluated every year, but if it stays after 240 months, any money that's left. Is wiped off.
2: Wow. Well, that's so. Those those. That's good for people to know. If you know anyone that's got a student loan and they can't afford to pay it back, um, they could probably make arrangements to pay less. Okay. So that's good. And I have one more. So since I try to use my credit cards for every purchase, not only for the points, but it's also easier for me to track my expenses. Oftentimes, it shows my credit debt ratio is too high. Is this bad for my credit?
3: Well, actually, it doesn't matter what you do if you're not applying for any major credit. All right. So you know, even if um, you max out, and again, if you max out like five or six credit cards, you're going to lose 100 to 125 points right off Okay, the bat. we have a
2: break coming up. Why don't you finish that right up? I am real estate. We'll be back. We're going to be talking about that, and we have some uh, interesting mortgage changes that I think we have to talk about. We'll be right back I Am
6: Liberty Mutual Insurance Company helps you customize your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Unlike things you paid for you didn't need, like the VACnado 2000. A Wi-Fi
2: connected vacuum that uploads dust bunny data to the cloud for real-time optimization, (laughs) whatever that means.
6: But really, it's just a very expensive doggy chew toy. With Liberty Mutual, get customized home insurance so you only pay for what you need.
0: Liberty, 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 Liberty.
6: Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Blue Star medicated
1: ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation.
6: It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema.
4: Nothing worked on my dry cracked skin until I tried Blue Star.
6: Blue Star is great for scalpage.
1: Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, to leave their hard-earned dollars to loved ones or charities of their choice. But when people become ill and need to go into a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain your assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. You can keep your control and your choice over your assets. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize. Customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free, initial, comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You can also visit them at connorsandsullivan.com. Don't let nursing home bills take your life savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today your
0: business needs leads and sales there are potential customers online right now looking for what you do will they find you or your competitor you need salem surround the marketing team here at salem surround is ready to help your business now Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. surroundnewyork.com, connecting you with new customers. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
2: We're back, and we were in the middle of talking with Dan Sater uh, about a question that somebody asked about if their debt to ratio is too high, or uh, was that going to affect their credit? And I guess your answer was not if they're not going for credit.
3: Yeah, it really isn't important if you're not uh, applying for any major purchases in the next couple of months, because it will drop your score if you max them out, even if you pay them off each and every month. It'll go by the amount that you had on the date that they closed out the statement, and that will be reported for the entire month. Uh, but several months prior to making a major purchase or going for a home mortgage, you want to bring those uh, usage of that during the month down below 30%. And the lower, the better, because you'll get Got more it. points back.
2: So let me ask you, Dan, quickly, if you have to give advice for people who are thinking of applying for a mortgage or they're thinking that they're going to buy a home in the next year or so, and even if you're not buying a home, your credit counts anything you might do, whether you're buying a car or not, or renting, because when you go to rent something, they look at your credit score also. Um, what was what are some things people can do, like just right off the bat, like get rid of car payments? I mean, what are some things that, you know, besides for calling you, and again, I would go for, like, you know, you have a uh, phone number again. Would you please tell us that? And I know you have a... Uh, uh, we're going to post it on our sites, but also you have an uh, email that people can get to you. Bye.
3: Yes, the email is creditguy at yahoo.com, and the phone number is 631 465
2: 9565. Okay, so that's creditguy at yahoo.com. I like that, it's easy to remember. Um, and please, I, I, I say this. I can't say this enough to you it can mean the difference of, of saving thousands of dollars because it, as interest rates are low not everyone qualifies for those low interest rates if your credit's not great so you want to do everything you can to get your credit to be good because if it's not you're going to pay a lot more in interest but are there any rules of thumb that you could think of you know off the top of your head just you know Yeah
3: setting, well there's know, Sure. There's a couple things. First of all, because we mentioned about car loans, it doesn't pay to pay down the car loan or pay it off. But credit cards is important. The FICO scoring model scores credit cards very, very heavily. So that's the first thing you, you want to keep those, those numbers down. But the first thing somebody really should do is pull a credit report to see what is on there, to see if information is on there that doesn't belong to them. And sometimes you'll find an extra Social Security number or a different address. These are important things to get off of your credit report uh, just to prevent anybody from using your credit uh, right at the wrong time. That can ruin your home purchase. Um, Once they do pull the credit report, you have to look at everything on that credit report to see exactly what's there. And... One of the biggest mistakes people make is they go to companies like Credit Karma or Credit Sesame, and they get a Vantage score. And they seem to think that they know their credit score, but they don't know the correct credit score that's going to be used for the loan. And the Vantage scores are never used in the mortgage industry. Now, there's like five different... FICO scores that are used for all different types of purchases, probably about 90% of all purchases, and everybody's familiar with the FICO 8, and they've heard of the FICO 9, and now the new one that's coming out, FICO score uh, 10 uh, scores, but what they need to do if they're looking for a mortgage is get a hold of the FICO classic model. The FICO score 2, FICO score four and FICO score five well, from the each of the three girls.
2: And we'll post it, but I think it's easier to go to Dan, okay, it doesn't cost anything to send an email or call him, ask some questions, and take a look at your credit score and see if there's something that he can do to make it better and if it's perfect he's gonna tell you it's perfect, there's nothing that you can do. But I was shocked we had Dan do all our credit scores, which I'm going to have you do it again last year or something, and I have good credit, but then I saw things that were on my credit score, that I said, what do you mean? I mean, I didn't, and and there were just some mistakes, so it's really smart to do that. And while we're on uh, on, 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 on credit and mortgages, Ace, I read something that says refinancing your mortgage will cost more thanks to a new fee from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Now we talked at the beginning of the show about all these refinancing is a great time, so they're saying that if you're in the process of refinancing your mortgage, you may end up paying more than you expected. What's going on with that?
4: Yeah, it was just announced literally hot off the press this week, Dottie. so Fannie and Freddie um, they announced that they're raising their fees um, for all lenders because most lenders, if it's a conforming loan amount, they're selling it to Fannie and Freddie. They're one of the biggest purchasers for these type of, of loans. What they're doing is they're charging an added adjustment of 50 basis points to every single loan that's being sold to them because of the environment that we're in um, to mitigate some of the risk due to COVID-19, uh, right? So what's going to happen is this 50 basis point sort of add on will be passed through to the client, thus now increasing the risk. But it won't take into effect until September 1st, Donnie. So, uh, Okay, so stop there. Time.
2: So this doesn't happen until September 1st. So correct, if you're thinking correct. of refinancing, you need to do it. You don't have too much time. Unfortunately, uh, we're in somewhere in August. If I'm losing track of time myself. But we have a couple of weeks. If you're thinking of refinancing, yeah, but- you need to do that now.
5: Ace, is is that September 1 deadline an application deadline or a closing deadline?
2: Good
4: question. It's the lock deadline. So basically, if you have something in process and you haven't locked in, it'll be subject to new rates. Now, some banks are already taking action, um, although most banks will have to pretty much conform by September 1st. So if you are thinking about refinancing, don't hesitate. Call now. You have a short window until um, you know some and, and look, it's all discretionary. Some banks will maybe eat fifty percent of the cost, pass through only fifty percent. But for the for the consensus, you know, rates will be going up by September first. So,
2: so, and, and so could, could, should could they be, get citizens com? How you know should they call you? What should people do?
4: Yeah, they, I mean, and they can go.
2: You're saying that it yeah, could, already could already happen if you don't.
4: It could already happen exactly. Um, I I know of uh, some lending institutions that have that have um, taken some, some sort of action already uh, because it's going to be – it's, it's, it's going to affect their bottom line, right? Now, if you want to contact us, you can either contact the radio show here or you can email me at ace.w at citizensbank.com or just go to c- citizensbank.com and, and, you know, a representative will contact you back. But call us on the radio. You know, we'll, we'll put you in touch with someone. I'll contact you back th- directly and we'll help you uh, get situated for sure.
5: Uh, Ace, are we you, you this? This, yeah. yeah. if you can just make a comment on is this going to have any impact on the high balance conforming or jumbo loans and just let people know about that and maybe where dollar rounds may make a difference.
4: Yeah, so if you're in New York, we're in a high cost area, so anything below 729500 uh will be subject to this rate increase for a rate and term refinance or a cash out refinance. So isn't subject to anyone that's looking to buy but only on a refinance transaction so great question steven so anything below 729 500 will be subject to this 50 basis point increase if you're borrowing anything above 729 500 um, it will not because that's going to be um considered a jumbo loan
2: so all right just in a nutshell obviously if you already apply for a refinance, is there anything you should do? And if you didn't apply, then you need to apply now and get a hold of Ace, right. or you can, you know, get a hold of Ace, you know, on his site, or go to Facebook or on our Iron Real Estate site, or go to Citizens. But yeah. um, if you're thinking of refinancing, you need do to now. do it. Okay, It still not yeah. doesn't mean that it's not going to pay to do it. Um, and you can always Correct. call Ace and find out if it pays for you. But still, why add extra money if you don't have to?
4: Exactly. And you know, if and you don't you use the
2: refinance, to... if you don't use the money, you still get charged for it?
4: Um, well, yeah, actually refinancing do, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, if you're refinancing But you know what, maybe next
2: week, because I don't know, you know, we're, we're we're kind of low on time. But maybe next week, what I'd like to do is talk a little about when you should do a refi or when you should do an equity. And also, Stephen, um, I thought it would be really important next week to really talk about what should be in a lease. You know, with this COVID going on, and there's a lot of talk about what should be in a lease and what should not be in a lease and what you should do to make sure you're a lease. You know, I don't think you should go to a standard lease that you just fill in the blanks. I think anything that you do with a lease that you're signing – you need to see an attorney like Steven I don't think anybody should attempt you know they have these standard leases you just fill in the blanks
5: I Yeah if I, if I can add two points in that we can and guess that's things to keep in mind is one it's illegal for and this it's seemingly obvious but I just want to stress this point it's illegal for anyone who's not a licensed attorney to practice law so your real estate agent they're not allowed legally to do anything more than basically fill in the blanks on a form lease They're not allowed to put in riders and so forth. So, you know, don't ask them to do something they're not allowed to do. And with that, keep in mind, these leases, these forms were thought of years ago and with no concept of the pandemic or even some other concepts in mind. So, you know, just because you see a form um, doesn't mean it, it works completely for your situation. Good point.
2: And we're going to talk about that more next week. Now, someone asked a question, they sent it in to us, and they said, can you, can you, I know we have a break, but is it possible to buy real estate with no money down? I think they wrote to me that there was some show where they wanted me to ask me, and they said that the person was on this infomercial saying you can buy no money down. Can you buy with no money down? Um, We have a quick break coming, but... I know you're going to have to have good credit, but we're going to answer that question right after the break. We'll be right back. You'll stick
0: your eye on real estate. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream who built a multi-billion dollar business empire. Talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the CATS Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the CATS Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. 970. The answer.
6: Can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into just six capsules? Yes. We start by sourcing organically grown whole fruits and vegetables. We ensure they are picked at peak ripeness. All of our produce is third-party tested for pesticides, heavy metals, bad bacteria, and nutrients. They are then washed, cut, and put through an advanced vacuum-cold process, which removes the water using pressure. This maximizes the nutritional value while preserving the color, smell, and taste of the fruit or vegetable. The freeze-dried food is then ground into a fine powder without adding any additives, fillers, or extracts. These powdered foods are then mixed in our proprietary blends and encapsulated, locking out air and moisture. The capsules are then bottled and shipped directly to our customers. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code The Answer. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. With Balance of Nature, if I start to feel like I'm getting anything,
2: I double up on it and it's gone the next day. And I've never had that happen before.
6: Every time
3: I feel a little bit under the weather, I double up and bingo, I'm okay. It's really an awesome product.
2: I haven't gotten a cold since I've been taking this. I haven't gotten a cold at all.
3: I'm not much on feedback or anything like that, but this particular product is amazing. Since I've been taking it, I've been close to being sick. I mean, I could feel it, and all I had to do was double up on my daily dose, and it was gone in 30 minutes. It really is good stuff. It's the real deal, so you can pass that along.
6: Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1 800 2468 751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code THE ANSWER.
0: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman.
2: Okay, so we were talking before the break that someone sent me a question. I guess they heard an infomercial or somebody saying there's a way or teaching people how they can buy no money down. Is that possible?
4: Well, Dottie, I mean, any, anything's possible, right? So uh, we do have some, well, some private lenders. Well, I guess anything's kind of possible.
2: Off. If you want to find a homeowner that's willing to give you their house with no money down and hold a mortgage for you, yeah. I guess that's going happen.
4: If yeah, yeah, like that could happen. But, but but I can tell you, for the most part, Dottie, um, there's no more um hundred percent financing, right? I think we've all learned our lessons in two thousand eight, two thousand nine where that sort of uh brought us to. So but look, are there still some aggressive lenders out there that are offering their products? Um I'm sure there are. Um I would really heed caution though, because usually those type of products have a higher rate, have a higher um you know, just higher requirement, and, and sometimes you're not put in the best position when you're not putting anything down at all because the payments can be high. So I would just, you know, heed with caution. If there are lenders out there that are offering that product, just find out as much information as you can. As it's not a, um, it's not a loan that we would that we would recommend to anyone um, in any marketplace, right? So right. because once you have once appreciation values go down. That's how you get underwater, Dottie, and that's what happened to so many in 2008 and 2009, right? So we just want to learn from our from our mistakes from the past. So
5: all right, now I'm going to even go one slight further, if, if I may. Right. I'm not aware of anything that people are giving away for free. I mean, even even when you get a free cup of coffee at Dunkin' right. Donuts, you still have to buy a few cups of coffee to earn the rewards to get the free cup of coffee. Good point. You you have to have some skin in the game. You know, you know, there are closing costs that are involved. There are adjustments that are involved. Um, You know, even the very high bounds, like you know, where you might have a special program for like veterans or FHA, they still require some down payment. They might be a low down payment, but they're not. They're not zero. Any of closing costs, and and, you know, and, and also what I have heard with some of these programs and I want to be careful cuz I don't know which one they're talking about a lot of times they confuse and say here are these great programs where there's maybe some subsidies but they're designed for people who are buying as a primary residence that may have some economic assistance from a local government we have to live there for a number of years and it ties in with some other regulatory agreement and and what you got to be very careful is there spinning those a little bit in a way and taking that information and sometimes then saying, oh, you should then buy and flip homes and treat them as investments. You've got to be very careful. If there is a government incentive program for a primary residence, you can't break that agreement and then use it to subsidize flipping an investment property. Totally different. But,
2: worlds. but now the normal down payment is probably about 20%. Um, but, of course, there is still PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. And for people who have maybe 10%, how is that look today? I mean, are, are, are the banks uh, doing the PMIs? Are they stricter or bad? Are they still, do you see many of them? And those are for people who don't have, if you don't have 20% down, can you go private mortgage insurance through your bank?
4: So um, PMI is, is is structured so that if clients don't have 20% down, Dottie, they're able to put right. down 10% down, and PMI stands for Pri- Private Mortgage Insurance, and that will actually insure the other 10%, right? So depending on your credit score, it'll dictate the rate on the PMI. So if you have a credit score of 720, which is really the prime rate and elite rate, then you'll have a really low uh, PMI rate if your score is anywhere – that's below 680, you know, your payment will be a little bit higher, but it still allows you the ability to put less than 20% down. Okay, so that's, again,
2: so important because your credit score will determine what your PMI rate is, and you can buy something if you have 10% down. So you don't have to have 20% down, but you want to make sure that your credit and your credit history is good Um, And then as long as you have the income to support it, because a lot of people just might have the income, but they haven't been able to save as much money. But you certainly are not out of the ballpark that you can't buy. And I think a lot of people are under that impression that if they don't have 20% down, they can't buy.
4: No, as as long as you have 5% or 10% down of your own funds, Dottie, there's a plethora of options. But just remember what we're talking about today, right? Credit is king. I can't emphasize that enough. Credit is king. Could be even more powerful than cash in some circumstances. So, just make sure we're reviewing our credit. We're making sure that it's, it's in good standing, and you'll be able to do a lot of uh, leveraging in the future. Right. So,
2: I mean, cash is always king. Okay,
4: Stephen, do you always, find yeah, you out? Can't. Do you
2: find that people will make? Uh, would you would you advise a client? And again, I don't think there's a real answer. It would depend. But if you have, because it happens to us where there's multiple offers, and let's say the property is seven hundred fifty thousand, and somebody offers seven hundred and fifty-eight thousand, but they have to get a mortgage, but somebody offers seven hundred and forty-five thousand, and they are all cash. Okay. So the difference is with all cash, you know that other than the appraisal, your mortgage, it's done. But if you have, someone has to get a mortgage, and Steve, I, I, I'm sure that you advise your clients if there's a mortgage contingency to give them a certain period of time to get that mortgage. But if you have to get a mortgage, and for you those of you who are selling your home, I would probably not, unless I was desperate, take a deal where someone didn't have a pre-approval or uh, something from a bank stating that they've had their credit checked already because you could then waste your time with somebody and you know somebody can look right but you know they were divorced and they missed a divorce payment or two or so what do you steve tell people to have in the contract i mean you know if they're selling For Sure,
5: which so, the sure, so, absolutely. this is a, and this is a great reason to also work with a real estate uh, professional because not only will they politely demand that you have that, they're going to want to vet um, these buyers, and particularly if you're selling co-ops and condos to make sure they also can properly submit the board application as well. So vetting is absolutely important, and maybe that's the third king um, it, with, the, with the multiple kings there. Um, and what absolutely I, I, if I'm representing a buyer, you want to make sure that they have protection in a in into a mortgage contingency is also an appraisal contingency that's that's subsumed in it. The bank will have a third party company to make sure that the value is there. Um, that way also you have a semblance of protection even if you can't afford it. And also, it's not just always about you, right? When it comes to a buyer, you can you have assets, you have income, you have liabilities, you have credit. Um, but if you're buying in a co-op or condo, we have what we call project approval. You want to make sure that the community that you're buying in meets the bank standards. So also in that mortgage contingency, um, even if you're fine, if the community can't pa- um, pass muster, you're also protected. Now, All right, and for we those then, of
2: you who are listening. In a contract for sale, usually most contracts, although I remember a time in Manhattan where they didn't even take contingencies, um, means that, okay, you have a contingency to get a mortgage, and if you can't get a mortgage within a certain time, you're not going to lose your down payment. That's basically what a mortgage contingency is. But if you're a seller, I would advise you to talk to Steve uh, or, you know, a real estate attorney, to, to word that with a certain time period because you don't want to find out that you wasted two months and the person can't get a mortgage and they don't lose their down payment. And for those of you who are looking to buy a home, I would advise any seller that I know that if there's a person that has a pre-approval and a mortgage commitment, okay, Opposed to a person that doesn't, I would not take the person that doesn't. So it's also a great negotiating tool because then you can say, my credit's checked. I'm good for this amount of money. You know how much you can borrow. And the only thing that matters is that your home appraises to the price that I'm taking a mortgage out for. So and and, and Daddy, if points. I can
5: just if if I can just add on that, there's a lot of if people do their homework, they can even though you want to have the contract protection, which is the smart and the right thing to do. If you do your homework, you could actually investigate and be satisfied that these risks are low to non-existent. But I, I do want to add that. one more one more point. If I may, this the mortgage contingency is linked to getting a commitment letter from the bank. Which is a contract to lend. I do want to point out that there are some additional language like what if there's major delays and commitments expire? There are some protections in there, but there are also some gaps. So again, I want to point out sort of the same comment on those rental leases. The standard form contracts cover a lot, but things change. You know, what if there is a delay because of COVID? Let's say there is a resurgence is that exactly is that in the standard form contract the answer is no so even even when you have a mortgage contingency there are ways to edit it right I, I always tell clients you know if you go to a restaurant and you ask for a glass of water a good restaurant will say do you want tap do you want bottle do you want sparkling ice no ice the same thing here you know right yes you have a mortgage contingency but now let's get, let's do a little bit of a deep dive and see how robust right. that is.
2: We're going to as well next weekend on those questions and a little bit more about what you should have in leases today that you're signing. And we'll give you the information about Steve's uh, Zoom. We'll put that on our website and we'll get that out to you. Um, we're yep. coming to the close of another show. Time passes. I uh, hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned some things. And have a great weekend, and we'll be back with you next week. And thank you, Dan. From, no,
0: I you wrong, Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.